you enjoy being in the house of God? It is a cool place to be. I mean, we're going to hear about God, and we're going to have an opportunity to grow. Uh, some, you're going to have an opportunity to get straightened out. Maybe not. And uh, it's kind of like a faith promise thing. But uh, we, we are so thankful you're here. The neat thing about Sunshine is that, you know, a lot of ministries talk about missions. They talk about the things that they'd like to do. And we're thrilled about talking about the things that God is allowing us to do. And Corey and Jess, come at this time. We are so, uh, about 12, 13 years ago, Pastor and Hardy and I were praying that God would help us to be a part of a church that's actually sending a missionary out. And, uh, and this is our couple. God has given them to us. Uh, he's been here as an intern. He's been here for two or three years uh, in training. Uh, he went to college for three or four years and got some training. He came here. We got that stuff out of him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no. And, uh, but we are just so excited about uh, being a part uh, of this uh, couple. And uh, on the third Sunday of May, kind of write that down, it will be their sending service here at Sunshine. Uh, isn't that exciting? Amen. Isn't that exciting? You know, uh, We'll be, uh, I'm going to preach him a charge that day, like straighten up, you mess up, I'm going to kill you, and, uh, you know, stuff, stuff like that, and, uh, but, uh, so you mark that down, uh, you may or may not have ever been to a part of a ministry, now we've had a, we have a strong mission program, we have missionaries around the world that we're involved with, and, uh, but uh, we as a ministry have the privilege to actually be a part of this couple's life. And uh, we will be helping them, monitoring them, and most of all, we're going to love them, you see. That's what we do. And so we are thrilled for them being with us. I want you to be aware of it. Uh, we, you know, he comes back. He's been here several times when I'm gone, uh, you know, out skiing or snowboarding or <laughs> whatever I do, wherever I go. And uh, he's been here uh, speaking for us, but I want him to come while I was here. I wanted you to realize how much uh, he's connected with us in this ministry and what a privilege it is for Sunshine uh, to be a part of this and all. So we're, we're grateful for them, and he's going to speak for us today. And uh, are you guys supposed to be singing? You want to play, no, no, I do not. You play the piano? Yeah. I wonder who that was. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, uh, but uh, we, we are thrilled. Is he going to come speak for us? And so, brother, come and lay Thank, it on us. Thanks, Pastor. Love Appreciate you, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, we do thank you guys for, uh, I don't know, it's just been, it's been a wild ride. If you've been here from the very beginning when we came and I was just a kid fresh out of college coming and, and starting to be on staff here with the missions internship, it's been, it's been a, a long road. Uh, believe it or not, that was in 2011? Was that, no, 2010. 2010 is when, when this journey began towards the mission field as far as sunshine and our connection together. Uh, it's now 2017. We're going to be leaving for the field, and I've been I've been talking to somebody people uh, earlier today, and they said, "Man, I just we didn't realize how much it was involved uh, in getting to the mission field." And so you just uh, it's been good. It's it's been a it's been a ride. We've had ups, we've had downs, but you guys have been there with us along the way. You guys have been continuing to pray and support us and love us and welcome us. Uh, those of you uh, who've been here from the beginning have done that. Those of you who are new, and we've been able to meet you through the through the years. Uh, and maybe invest in your life some. You guys have been able to invest in ours. Uh, it's been great to get to know even a more extended family. Uh, and we're excited to bring you along and being able to be sent by you as we reach the mission field this year. Uh, and we're just excited to see what God's going to do in the years to come. Uh, but we would, I just want to say a hearty thank you 
uh, from our family and from uh, you know, just in the future ministry, that uh, the Taiwanese men and women and children who are going to be uh, coming to the Lord and knowing the Lord because of the investment you made uh, in some in two Florida kids uh, who, who grew up just about an hour and a half north of here, and 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 you guys have just loved on us and and given us the tools and the, and the resources and the prayers and the everything we need to go forward. And so I want to just want to say thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts for being involved at the level that you've been involved in, and and, uh, and that we're excited to be able to be involved even in the future. Um, I'm excited to be here with you this morning and, and to preach the Word of God uh, this morning to you. If you have your Bibles, I want to charge you to open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 11, uh, as we're going to be looking at uh, just a few verses in Matthew. Uh, we're going to be moving around, too, in, in some different, uh, in different areas in, in the Word of God, too. If you want to keep your finger in Matthew, uh, we'll also uh, be in some of the Old Testament well as, as well. But I really want to kind of give you a message, and I think that the title of it kind of was like, it was like a what? Uh, but it's the idea of, uh, of, of, have, of coming to the realization that we don't always have what it takes to, to live the life that God has called us to live uh, within ourselves. And I know that this message probably pushed back uh, the most against our culture, because our culture is one that says you need to, you need to do more, you need to take on more, you need to Continue to go faster. You need to go. You need to upgrade. Uh, our lives have become kind of like the technology that has consumed our culture, and that it continues to be more and more and more and more and more. Uh, even as those of you, uh, I've talked with many of you who, have, who are retired, and you say, "I'm busier now than I've ever been before," uh, and that might be the case for you uh, today. But I want to tell you something. The truth about it today is that you don't have what it takes to do it all. You cannot handle it all. And, it's, and, it, and, that, and it happens because um, God allows it to happen. That's what we're going to look at today uh, in the scripture this morning. But I think that most of us, if we were honest today, we'd say that we're probably trying to do way too much than we probably should be doing. Most of us, often we feel hurried. We feel uh, incredibly overwhelmed. We feel anxious. Uh, we're constantly rushed. We're constantly late. Maybe we're overwhelmed with, the, the, with all of our life's demands. Uh, and we see that uh, a lot of times in the busyness and the hurriedness of our schedule. How many of you are probably like me in the fact that slow people sometimes really annoy you? Would you say that that's probably the case for you? Uh, how many of you, maybe you see this a lot, maybe if you're in the grocery store and you're trying to get through the grocery store aisles, right? And there's someone parked here taking forever looking at all the different kinds of green beans there are. And you're just like, pick one and go, right? And, or maybe you're in, in, in the line at Walmart and you're saying, it's so frustrating because they only have three lines open. And, and you're just like, I, I just, just want to come in here and get something quick and go. And so slow people kind of annoy you. And, and you might be like me. Uh, you might be one of those slow people, and for that, I, I'm sorry, we're not trying to be mean, it's just we're, we're in a hurry, and maybe some, for some of you, you feel like, that's kind of like, that's like every day for me, you know, I, I'm, I wake up, and I'm already at, you know, Mach 3, and I'm just in the shower, you know, it's, it's just kind of, we're just in, in this, this, this hurriedness, uh, maybe some of you, if you had kids, um, we're not to this stage yet, but I think we, we may be one day, is that maybe you have, some of you may have kids, and, and you're in such a rush in the morning, you kind of make like these mock races, right, and so you're like, all right, let's see how fast you can get your, you get your clothes on, get your stuff in your backpack, and we'll get in the car, ready, go, how many of you have ever had maybe some mock races with your kids, right, you try to hurry up, let's go, and we kind of live this life, and our society is all like that, a lot like that too, and that most people you talk to are overwhelmed, and, and they're hurrying, and they're trying to get everything done. They're trying to fit you know, 20, uh, 28 hours of stuff into a 24-hour 24, 24 day. Uh, and, and the truth is, is that because of that, um, 
we get we get out we uh, our lives kind of get out of control, um, and there are many different ways that we see that we see that our lives kind of we kind of get out of it uh, when it comes to uh, the way that our lives is. And there there are some ways. Let, let me share a few of them. Maybe you you might be able to uh, 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 resemble. Uh, maybe for some of you, you're so busy uh, that you're that you're out of it, and you're out of it by the, by this way. You're out of shape physically uh, because of how busy you are. Uh, for maybe for some of you, a good meal uh, is one that you can eat quickly uh, and get on with what you need to do, right? And that, that's kind of like uh, that's a success if you can if you can pick it up, eat it on, in under ten minutes. That's that's good, and because you're too busy uh, with what you've got to do, you got to get the kids to, to this, and you got to get the kids to that, and you got to pick up this, and you got to go over here, and you got to get all this done, plus all the other stuff that life throws at you, right? Uh, and so you don't have time uh, to eat healthy. You don't have time uh, to exercise. And for some of you, maybe that means that you're so busy that you're out of shape physically. Maybe for some of you, uh, you're so busy uh, that you're out of sorts emotionally, that, uh, uh, that, that all this hurriedness in your life has caused a lot of emotional stress into you, uh, and you don't have time to process it. And so what you do is you just begin to stuff it, and you begin to stuff it, and you begin to stuff it, and you would have, you would have probably had an emotional breakdown by now. But who's got time for that, right? And so you just and so you just stuff it. And so for maybe some of you today, uh, this this kind of lifestyle that you've been living uh, has made you out of sorts emotionally. Maybe for some of you, uh, you're so busy that you're out of touch relationally uh, with the people around you. You, you love the people around you. You love your family. You love your kids. You love your spouse. But the, tr- but the problem is, is that by the time you get home, uh, you might be there physically, but you're not engaging because you're completely relationally spent. You've been, uh, you're, maybe your job uh, uh, taxes you uh, relationally, or maybe you're just burnt out from the rest of the week. And when you finally get home, it's the weekend, and maybe you want to do something with your family. You're just like, I just want to sit here. And maybe for some of you, at the end of the day, uh, you might be in the same room with the people that you love, but you don't have what it takes to listen and to engage and to love relationally. For maybe for some of you, you're out of touch relationally. Maybe for some of you, this life has made you out of order spiritually. You would say that you love God, that you're sitting in here this morning not because someone made you, but because you wanted to come. But the truth is that throughout the rest of the week, you hardly have time or you feel like you hardly have time to spend in the presence of God. You say that you love the word of God, but this morning is the only time you're going to open it up between now and next Sunday because you feel like I don't have time to just sit down and bask in the presence of God. Uh, I've got to find something that's, that's quick or maybe you just don't do it at all. Maybe you, you say that you need God's power, you need God's blessing in your life, uh, but, you, but you don't take time to pray. Prayer is one of those things that like, you do it like as a reaction uh, or a response rather than a, a, something that you're trying to, to do forward. You're not praying about the future. You're always praying about the present and the past because you're just so eaten up with all of life's demands. You know you should be involved in a small group. You know you should be here early, maybe on Sunday morning, or you should come to a Sunday night uh, small group, or you should be here Wednesday for the small group. And, and what happens is that you know you need that small group. You need those deep connections. You need something more than just the surface of sitting in a pew, staring at somebody, talking for an hour, and going home. You need to be connected here. You know you need to be connected here, but you feel like when it comes to the weekend, you just don't have time, or you feel like you don't have time for something like that. We just think, well, uh, 
well, what else can I do? I've just got to try to handle it. I've just got to tell myself that I can handle it, that I can handle it. That, uh, that, oh, we're going to do one more thing? Okay, uh, well, I can handle it. And we keep telling ourselves that we can handle it when the fact of the matter is that we can't. And I know that some of us uh, might even be, uh, if, if you know a little, bit about, a little bit of the scriptures, maybe you would think, well, I thought I remember somewhere in there where the Bible talks about where God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, so I can handle it because God won't give me more than I can handle. And the truth of the matter is, is that the scripture that you may be thinking about is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And the Bible talks about how in this passage, it's not that God won't give you more than you can handle, but that God won't allow you to be tempted more than you're able to bear it. And with the temptation that does happen, he'll give you a way of escape. The truth of the matter is that God often allows more into your life than you can handle, and he allows it on purpose. He either gives it to you, or sometimes he allows you to take it on yourself, and he does it for two reasons. One, because he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to rely on his strength and have the faith that it needs to continue to combat and to live a godly life. Other times, God allows more into your life than you can handle so that you can not only rely on him, but begin to rely on his people, the local church that God bled, uh, Jesus bled and died for and created. That sometimes God allows your life to get out of control because he's calling you back to him and to his people. Many of you, how many of you would say that what I'm talking about this morning, that sounds like you? How many of you would say that maybe somewhere along the line, occasionally, often, yeah, keep your hands up, occasionally, often, this kind of sounds like your life. You're a little bit overwhelmed. I want you guys to keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Look around. Look around. You're in good company this morning. I got my hand up too, okay? You're in good company this morning. So what do we do? When we look around and we see that most of the people that we know, that we love, most of the people that we know uh, as we watch our society spin uh, crazily out of control, how does God want us to live our life? If we can't handle it on our own, if that is true, how does God want us to live our lives? Well, I think many, for many of us in here this morning, we need to have what I, I, what I would call a come to Jesus moment. We need to have a time in our lives where we uh, get on the same level and we ask for God's power uh, and his presence in our life uh, and in our family. For some of you this morning, this message might be something that you probably, just, it might go in one ear and out the other. Uh, and I hope that, that for you that that's not the case. But I think that this message for some people in here th this morning will be a come to Jesus moment. It'll be a time of releasing uh, in your life and a time for you to be able to get back into uh, the sorts that you need to be so that you can continue to not only live, uh, you can live a life that's not out of control, and that you can live a life that's pleasing to God. So let's look into the scriptures this morning. We're, gonna, we're in Matthew 11. Uh, we're going to be looking at just a few verses, beginning in verse 28. Jesus is talking to a group of people. Some people had questions uh, for him concerning John the Baptist. And, and, and then uh, 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 as Jesus is answering their questions and teaching to them, uh, he begins to kind of berate uh, some of the cities uh, that, had, that the miracles had been done and they did not repent, they did not turn to God. Uh, and, and people were kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of a downer session, if you will, where Jesus is just kind of talking about things that kind of just bring you down. Uh, and Jesus uh, ends up this this little talk with uh, with these disciples and with with the with the multitudes that were around him with I think probably some of the most comforting uh, uh, passage some of the most comforting words uh, that he gives 
uh, to his followers. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28. Jesus says unto his disciples and unto you this morning, he says, come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For, your yoke is, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Here Jesus is talking to the multitudes, and he says, I want to kind of just lift your spirits a little bit. Would you come to me? Would you come to me? This is kind of like the, the, the come to Jesus moment. Come to me, you who are weary, who are burdened. Come to me, those of you who have your plate that's overflowing, those of you who feel out of sorts, out of order, out of touch, out of shape, those of you who feel like life is too much, come to me. He comes in and says this uh, with a promise. He says, once you come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's a promise. You can take it to the bank. That when you come to Jesus with your heavy load, he will give you rest. Now, for some of you, the idea of rest is so foreign. I know that in our culture, the idea of rest is kind of, it's kind of like a dirty word almost. It's the idea that uh, you, should be, you should be doing something that's productive. You shouldn't just be sitting around, right? You shouldn't just be sitting around doing nothing. You need to be productive. Even when you're sitting, you need to be doing something productive, right? And so if we live in a culture that is, is very almost the antithesis of rest, where they don't really have any respect for the Sabbath rest, which is a principle taught in Scripture. The idea of rest uh, is not something uh, that is lifted up in our culture. It's, it's kind of a, one of those almost dirty words, if, if, you, if, you know, if you know what I mean, when it, when it comes to this idea of just sitting down. And for many of you, maybe you, you do sit down every once in a while and, and you feel guilty. You feel guilty for sitting around because you know you should be probably doing something else because your life is so out of control. You need to be doing something. You need to be producing at a rate of 110% or you'll never catch up for the day's, the day's journey. And for you, some of the idea of the idea of rest, coming to Jesus and finding rest, that sounds great, but it kind of sounds unproductive and kind of the opposite of what you need to do. You need to find a way to how, to, how you can speed it up more, how you can get more done so that maybe you'll have time to get rest. And where Jesus kind of clashes with culture here is that he says, I want you to come to me with your burdens and with the overload that you have in your life because I'm going to give you rest. So Jesus says, come to me. In verse 29, he says to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, that's not really a term that most of us really use anymore, the idea of a yoke. Uh, for some of you, you think, well, uh, oh, he's got some, is he doing some eggs or making some breakfast or what, what, what's he doing? For that, maybe for some of you, you kind of, maybe you grew up on a farm or maybe you're, you're a student of the word or you kind of know through history, you know what a yoke is. But for those of you who may not be familiar with what Jesus is trying to picture here in, in his analogy, the idea of a yoke, what is a yoke? Well, a yoke uh, in biblical times uh, was kind of a large uh, wooden beam that was placed over the shoulders of two animals. Most of the time they were oxen, sometimes they were horses. And what it did is it tied them together. It went around their necks and it tied them together so that 
uh, they would be used as a team. And so what it would do, what the yoke would do, is it, it, was, it would align the two oxen or the two horses, and it would align them so that they would plow in the fields at the same time. And by being able to plow together, aligned, pulling as a team, they were able to be stronger and they were able to be more productive. And what Jesus is saying in this passage here, he says, he says I want you to take on my yoke. I want you to be aligned with me. I want you to plow together through life with me, working at my same pace, working at my same rhythm. And he has some, uh, I think it's interesting uh, how he uses this analogy in his teaching about, uh, I want you to take my yoke and I want you to, to learn of me. Because if you look through Jesus's life in the scriptures, you find that Jesus, he only had three years of earthly ministry uh, as, as, as an adult with his disciples. But there were some of the busiest three years of your life. If you read through the scriptures, read through Matthew, read through Mark, read through, read through Luke, read through John, you'll find that Jesus is constantly traveling up and down, over and over. He's on a boat. He's over here. He's talking to people. Jesus, his life was busy. But you'll never find in scriptures where Jesus's life was hurried. Because there's a difference between busyness and hurriedness. You see, busyness is out here. It's, it's the things in life. But hurriedness is a sickness in the soul. It's an inside problem. That while Jesus had a busy life, he was never hurried. I think that probably the most, uh, the scripture that probably realizes that the most is, is the, the scene with Lazarus, where Lazarus is sick. And they say, Jesus, hurry, come see him because he's dying. And Jesus goes and he does some other ministry. And he eventually gets to where Lazarus was. And Lazarus has been dead for days. And they're going, Jesus, why didn't you hurry? Why didn't you do something? And Jesus, he breaks down into tears and he, he shows his, his mortality and he shows uh, the side that he is. He truly was not just only God, but man uh, in one in the flesh. And, and he raises Lazarus back from the dead. But Jesus had a busy schedule, but he never had a hurried life. And what Jesus, I think, is trying to, to communicate in this passage to us even here today is that there, that there is a way to do life, and it's not the way that we've been doing it. It's the way that Jesus does life. He says, take my yoke upon me, learn of me, be yoked to me. I think some of you today, you've come out of alignment with what, how Jesus wants you to live your life. And that's why you're life is so crazy. That's why your life is so out of control. You're so out of sorts. You're so out of alignment because you're out of alignment with the pace that Jesus wants for your life. Many of you are going after life much faster and much farther, way ahead of the Christ uh, who has saved you. And for some of you, you're so busy, you don't have time to stop and you feel so hurried that your life is a blur and the people that know you know you as... Some of you... Some of us, I think we need to learn how to handle the sickness in our soul, the hurriedness of life. We need to know how to live life in God's rhythms, in the rhythm, rhythms of Jesus, being yoked to Jesus. So how do we learn to do that? How do we learn to handle the things that our life has become overwhelmed with? How do we learn to live in the rhythms of Jesus? Well, I want to I want to share three things with you this morning. I hope that will be a, an encouragement to you. But it's three things that we need to recognize. And if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, please do this. Because I hope that this will be something that you'll be able to put up on your refrigerator, put at work, or wherever it is that you feel, maybe in the mirror in the morning, wherever you are before you start your day. And when you start uh, your day at Mach 3, you can stop. 
and you can be ready to face the day yoked, aligned at the pace of Jesus. Okay? So we're going to recognize three things this morning. The first thing I want us to recognize is that some things in our life need to be shared. Some things in our life need to be shared. We think that we can handle it all, and the truth of the matter is, is that we can't. But, with God, but what happens is that God allows things to come into your life often that will make you engage the help of others, that he gives you more than you can handle on purpose because he wants you to engage with others, to share that burden, to share that blessing with others so that they are able to do what the Bible says in Galatians, and that is bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Moses uh, had a great... Uh, um, a great, uh, a great father-in-law. And his father-in-law is a man by the name of Jethro. Um, they travel with him through uh, the wilderness. In Exodus chapter 18, for a couple of verses, Moses was, was burning the candle at both ends. He was working so hard. He was so busy. He was so hurried with all the things that he had to do, leading people through the wilderness, trying to uh, rely on God, trying to have uh, uh, control uh, with an otherwise out-of-control mob of people. And he was doing so much his, his father-in-law, Moses, his father-in-law sees Moses uh, working so hard, and he gives him a great, uh, a great thing of advice. In Exodus chapter 18, uh, verse, verse 17 and 18, the Bible says that Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for, the things, uh, uh, the, the, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself. Alone. Moses was overwhelmed, and his father in law gave some great advice. You need help. You need to share the burden that you have with someone else. You need to engage the help of others. And may I say unto you that what people say is normal today the idea that I can do it all alone, that I can handle it all by myself, I don't need the help of others, I can just, I'll just keep adding it, I'll keep adding it, I'll keep adding it. That is not good. And that is not the way that Christ did things. That is not the way that you should live your life. You need help. You can't do it alone. But like so many people, I think, in our culture today, the idea of receiving help from others is something that we have a hard time doing. Because the truth of the matter is, that most of the time, we don't ask for help. Most of the time, we're trying to just do it all on our own. And I had to learn that um, when I was working here. Because I have that kind of personality where my personality is, I just want to get it all done myself. And I'll align all the things, I'll, I'll map it out, I'll get the checklist of all the things I do, and I'll plow it at myself. And what I, what I had to learn in, in, in a painful way is that I can't do it all myself. The second year I was here working on staff, um, our church had a trunk retreat. And I was in charge of leading uh, the expansive network of what we do for a trunk retreat. And we had all kinds of things to do. I had uh, we were having it, it began at a certain time. We had uh, a lot of uh, community vendors and things coming uh, to that. We had people that were coming, you guys who were coming uh, and, and bringing your cars and getting that all planned out. We had hot dogs and we had live music and we had cakewalks and we had bounce houses and we had all these things. I was trying to do it all myself. And I thought, how can I do this? Because I couldn't be at one place at one time. We had it out here on our property in our parking lot. And literally, um, we're, we're, the whole parking lot's being used up. And I've got to be in two places at once. So I couldn't do that. So I thought, well, how can I do it all alone, all by myself? I thought the best thing I could do was to put on a pair of rollerblades and roll around. And some of you, maybe you remember, how many of you guys remember the year I was rolling around on rollerblades, trying to do everything myself? Sandy remembers. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
some of you guys that were here, you remember that. I was trying to do everything myself. And where I learned my lesson the most, maybe Rick remembers it because I remember his face being right there. I was rolling over to the hot dog area where Rick uh, was working, and I, I just I lost it. I fell over, I skinned my elbow, beat myself up. I'm in costume. I'm wearing, I'm wearing like a superhero costume. Here's Corey flying across the parking lot, slamming into the concrete. And something, something kind of clicked. Maybe it was just God getting my attention. Hey, maybe you should ask for help. Maybe you need to share some of these tasks and, and, and engage the help of others. The truth of the matter is that you may have some things in your life that you've been trying to do by yourself, and you're, 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 you, you have maybe the personality like me, and, and you're metaphorically, you got the roller skates on, and you're trying to get everything done. And the truth of the matter is, is that you're about to have a crash. And the truth of the matter is that you need to take the wisdom that's in the scriptures, is that some of those things need to be shared. Some of those things need to be shared. Number two, if you're taking notes, we need to recognize that some things in our life need to be stopped. Some things in our life, they just need to be stopped. Could it be that maybe in your life you are doing way too much? Way too much? Maybe it's all good, but you're doing way too much. If you flip forward in the scriptures to the book of Luke chapter 10, there's a story I think that illustrates this principle uh, very, very perfectly. It's the story of Mary and Martha. And if you're familiar with this passage, Mary and Martha are working in their home preparing because Jesus and his disciples were coming over. And Jesus finally arrives. He gets to the home. And what happens in this scripture is that when Jesus comes and he's sitting down, Mary leaves Martha uh, right in the middle of doing all the work. And Mary goes to be with Jesus. And she sits down, and she sits down with the disciples who are there, and she just listens, and she learns of Jesus, and she's just taking in, taking in uh, being with Jesus. And Martha, Martha's busy. The Bible says that she was encumbered about with much service. She was going around doing what uh, most women who want to, to play host do, right? She's running around. She's making sure the candles are lit. She's making sure the, 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 the living room swept out. She's getting out the clean dishes, the nice dishes. She's cleaning those. She's setting the table. She's trying to make sure, oh, Jesus has his favorite dessert. I love to make those things that dessert Jesus loves. So she's trying to do all that. She's trying to get the oven ready. She's trying to do everything by herself. And she walks in and she sees Mary, who's supposed to be helping her, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, taking Jesus in. And Martha goes, Jesus, you can read it in the scriptures, uh, I think it was in verse 40. She, lo she looks at Jesus and she says, Jesus, don't you care that Mary has left me alone to do everything? She's sitting here, lazy, you probably feel the tone in her voice. Don't you care, Jesus, that she's sitting here while I'm doing all this work? My life is out of control. I've got way too much to handle by myself. Don't you care? And I love Jesus' response in verse 41. Jesus says unto her, Martha, Martha, Jesus, you're almost calming her down. Martha, Martha, listen. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. You see, Mary and Martha both had a choice. They had a choice. Should I be hurried and encumbered about with all this service, or should I choose what is better, to be with Jesus? 
And Mary had a choice, and she made the right choice. Her choice was to be with Jesus. She said no to something that was good. Because there's nothing wrong with keeping house. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a good host. There was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. Everything what Martha was doing was good. But Mary said no to what was good so that she could say yes to what was better. And see, that's the case in our, in our lives. I want you to fill in this blank for me for a second. Fill in the blank. If you could say in your mind, if I only had more time, I would do this. What is that one thing in your life? Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's something that you've always wanted to do, but you've never found time for. Maybe it's something that God has placed in your heart. But, if you, but you need more time to do it. You just can't figure out how to get it done. I think that sometimes God allows and God puts things in our heart or, or, or we, have, we have things in our life uh, that, we would, that we'd be great to do. But the problem is that we, we can't do them because we're always chasing after what is good rather than chasing after what is better. And I think that for us, the one thing that we can learn from the story of Mary and Martha and the response of Jesus is that our actions communicate what we value. In our culture, our culture teaches the rhythms and the values of money, possessions, and things. Our culture's actions communicate you must do more to achieve more so you can have more. And so our culture values things and possessions and money. But what our culture uh, it, uh, does not value, what it communicates that it does not value from its actions is time with people and family and friends. Because people have money, people have things, people have possessions. But you see in our culture the lack of family relationships, the lack of, uh, of the ability of, of children and parents uh, to, to have a relationship that is healthy and ongoing and permanent. Some things in our life just need to be stopped. But you might ask the question, well, then how do we get it all done? If I, if I have to just stop certain things in my life, well, how do I get it all done? And the answer is you don't. You don't get it all done. The truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we have to say no to things that are good so that we can have time for things that are better. Listen to some of the wisdom that God gives in Scripture, right? He's come from straight out of Proverbs and one out of Ecclesiastes. I'll give you the condensed version just based on time, all right? Number one, better is a dinner of vegetables with love than good meat with anger. Number two, better is a crust of bread with peace than feasting with strife. Number three, better is a little the righteous have than the many things of the wicked. Number four, better is a little with God than much with turmoil. Five, better is little with righteousness than much with injustice. Number six, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Do you see a pattern from the wisdom literature of the scriptures? Better, better, better. Can we all say that together on three? We don't say it's better, right? On three, one, two, three, it's better. It sure is. And sometimes it's so hard for us to grasp that, that in our lives, sometimes things, some things just need to be stopped. It's not because they're bad, but it's because sometimes we have to say no to some of the good things because there's something else better waiting. 
So for some of us, we need to recognize not only that things need to be shared, but some things need to be stopped. Number three, if you're taking notes, I want you to recognize this last thing, that everything in our lives needs to be surrendered. Everything in our life needs to be surrendered. Psalm 61.1, the psalmist said, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, for him cometh my salvation. This idea of the word waiteth is the idea of finding rest. And the truth of the matter is, is that rest doesn't come from success. Rest doesn't have from having the nice car, having the big boat, or having the big house. Rest comes from God. Psalm 55:22. The psalmist said, "Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved." The word cast in this is the idea of throwing or hurling. It's the idea of casting your burdens on the God's almighty shoulders. But oftentimes, we don't do that. Oftentimes, our lives are illustrated like this. There's a young man who was coming back from a potato farm, and he had a 20-pound sack of potatoes on his shoulders, and he was walking down this long, dusty road, and a nice, kind old gentleman comes up beside him and stops and says, young man, you look like you're toiling way too hard carrying that 20-pound sack of potatoes. Come on, why don't you jump in the back of my pickup truck and I'll take you to the next town where you're going. He says, well, thank you, sir, so much. That's so kind of you. I'll go ahead and do that. And he jumps in the back of the pickup truck. And about 20 minutes down the road, the old man turns and looks in the rearview mirror and he sees the young man sitting uh, in, on the wheel well of the truck and he's got the 20-pound sack of potatoes still hung over his shoulder. And he kind of slows down. He opens up that back window, you know, on those old cabs, opens up that back window and he says, Young man, you, know, you don't have to carry that sack of potatoes. You can put that down in the bed, and we'll carry it to the next place. And he turns to the, the young man turns to the, the older gentleman, and he says, Sir, you've been so nice. You're giving me a ride. I couldn't possibly trouble you to ask you to carry my potatoes, too. And the truth of the matter is, is that that's how we act with God sometimes. We'll trust him for our salvation but that 20 pound of sack of potatoes we call life, we're going to handle that on our own. We'll have him take us to glory, but we're going to carry that sack of potatoes all the way there. And the truth of the matter is, is that we just need to stop and we need to surrender. We need to say, God, I'm going to cast my troubles, my burdens. I'm going to have that come to Jesus moment where I come unto him who, uh, because I'm heavy and I'm heavy laden and I'm weary and I need his rest. We try to handle it all ourselves, but we can't because we're not designed to. God hasn't designed you and I to handle all the burdens and all the struggles and all the hurriedness of life by ourselves. You can't handle it all. You don't have what it takes, but God does. God does. And God's going to allow things into your life as he already has, and I'm sure most of you have already experienced it, he allows those things in your life so that some of those things you can share. Some of those things you need to stop. But all of those things we need to surrender. We need to surrender to God and ask for his help. If today you were going to surrender at all, I want to ask you this question. What radical change do you think you need to make? to walk in the same rhythms of Jesus. Maybe you've been one of those people, you're like me, where you try to handle it all. And the truth of the matter is that you just need to stop. You need to slow down. 
You need to take upon the yoke of Jesus and you need to plow through life with him. You need to become aligned with Jesus because you come out of way out of alignment with the path and the desire for Jesus in your life. What things do you need to do today so that you can walk in the same rhythms of Jesus? For some of you, the way you're doing it right now is destroying you. It's destroying you internally. It's destroying you physically. It's destroying you emotionally. It's destroying the relationships around you. And you know that something needs to change. Today can be your come to Jesus moment. What radical thing do you need to take? What radical steps today do you need to take to walk at the same pace as Christ in your life? I hope that you'll do that this morning. Would you bow your heads with me as we go into a time of invitation? I just want to offer you this opportunity as the musicians are coming at this time. Time, just an introspective time before we end the service. I want to ask you this morning, what things, what steps do you need to take? Maybe the first step for you is just the idea of surrender. It's the idea of coming to Jesus because you haven't done that before. Maybe for you, the idea of surrendering to Jesus is so foreign, you've, you've never even heard anything about Jesus before. Let me tell you the most important thing you can do is to surrender your life to Jesus by trusting him as your eternal savior. He is the only hope that you have to live this life and to make it into the life beyond. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is waiting. Would you come to Jesus this morning? As the music plays, I want to offer you, if you would stand to your feet, the opportunity that God is calling you.